Uh, Rosie was just telling me uh, that um, she's uh, she's going to have a teddy bear's picnic. I got confused for some reason. I was thinking that would involve hiding teddies, but I'm getting confused with Easter eggs, aren't I? Yeah, that's, that's an Easter egg hunt, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today's the yeah. day the teddy bears yes, have the pig. <laughs> I'm not excited, we have that on Spotify, so I'll have that. Oh, wow. Welcome to episode five of Keeping On Track. I'm Bradley Williams. And I'm Adam Heath. And uh, we are really excited today to, to be talking to you. Well, not only are we going to be talking about a great film, um, but we've also got the director and co-founder of On Track International with us today, uh, Mrs. Rosemary Bailey. And she's going to be joining us to talk about um, mentoring. Just quickly, is it fair to say Rose is kind of the reason that we're here? Because if she hadn't founded On Track, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. Uh, I would I would go one more than that. If Rosie hadn't found it on track and then wasn't so tolerant of um, my wayward behaviours, we wouldn't be here today. Do you know? Do you know what, Brad? I love your wayward behaviours. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> you make the world a brighter place. So you carry on being wayward. <laughs> I'd like to call it a breath of fresh air, but I don't know how fresh that air is. So, but I no, know. thank you for joining us, Rosie. It's lovely to have you. you. You you provide a um, a breath of very creative fresh air. So uh... <laughs> Adam's such a, a great advocate to have because um, I would consider Adam a facilitator rather than a, than anything else. And uh, Adam's really good at uh, anything I say. Should we do this? He'll just go, yeah, sure. Let's just give it a go. And uh, if it's and if it falls flat, it's it's your fault. So uh, so, so yeah. So I get the best of both worlds. But um. You're you're currently enjoying the sunshine in in uh, in is Oxfordshire, isn't it? Oxfordshire, yes. Yes, absolutely. No, it's yeah. fantastic. Actually, I, I think it's the although I'm still uh, working and and doing you know fulfilling my director responsibilities within mm. the business, um, I'm also having some time off, and I think this is the first time since the start of my working career I've had any substantial time off. So Blimey. I have to say it's fantastic. I really yeah. and and do you know what? There's uh, there's a great um, uh, there's a great thing, isn't it, about time, you know, and, and what how powerful time can be, and what it helps you to do is to think. Um, and I just I I've I've felt very productive because I've just had time to think. So um, yeah. yeah, it's good. And the sun is shining, makes it even better. <laughs> it is. And is there anything <laughs> that you've you've always wanted to do? Because because I know that you 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 ride horses and uh, mm -hmm. and you're very involved in in that kind of equestrian world. Um, but is there anything that you've always wanted to do or that's been on your bucket list for a long time that you finally had a chance to do while you've been taking some of this time out? Um, well, I, I guess one of the things is I've, uh, I've started to learn the piano when my kids were very small okay. and, uh, and really enjoyed it, uh, but, have, but really stopped because of the demands of work, having small children and so forth. And so um, I decided, you know what, I'm going to start playing the piano again. So I've bought myself a piano. So, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is there anything you've been learning particularly or has it, has it been starting at chopsticks and working chopsticks. your way up? <laughs> chopsticks. I, I think from our conversation earlier, I need to start learning to play the teddy bears picnic songs. So, um, <laughs> so I can give a rendition and be a, an even super, super grandmother. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, so, yeah, so, so Ro Rosie, obviously, you're, getting, you're here today to talk to us about mentoring. Um, but if you don't mind, I'm just going to take a second to, to introduce the film that, that we've picked for this week. And that film is Moonlight, which was directed and written by 
Barry Jenkins, uh, based on a uh, play, an unpublished play by um, um, Terrell McCraney. And it tells the story of uh, Chiron, a young boy growing up in Miami. And the story follows him at three stages in his life. One where he goes under the moniker of Little as a, as a young boy then as he reaches his teen years and then again we pick up 10 years later when he's in his 20s and he's going by the name of Black. The film won uh, a multiple Academy Awards and famously was involved in the uh, debacle where the wrong movie was called and La La Land was announced as the winner but it was actually uh, Moonlight itself that won Best Picture that year. And the film deals with themes such as identity, um, sexuality, as, as it's no secret that the, the character in the film begins to understand that he is, he is gay and as he gets older and, and goes through these different stages in his life, the kind of highs and lows of discovering that about himself. And the reason that we picked the film today is because I think it's very easy to find mentors in cinema. We could have gone straight away, okay, name a mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? And there's a, one of the most famous mentors you can name, Yoda, so, you know, anyone from Star Wars, um, things like that. But I think that Moonlight was um, a conscious choice on my behalf because I felt that the mentoring that was on display here was, was much more informal was much more ad hoc and also as previously mentioned I think it kind of shows the the highs and lows of mentoring and actually doesn't just portray it as you find someone they teach you to be a better person there's a lot more nuance to it and and I felt that that would, would was going to kind of provide us with some interesting topic points now the now, now Rosie I know you've seen the film because I think you said it you, you absolutely loved it um yeah. and so when when did you first see the movie um, oh gosh, uh, about um, long ago actually, about three months ago. Oh wow, okay, so it's quite yeah. fresh. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Adam, you've never watched any movie ever, so I know you've got this sitting in a stack of Blu-rays in your house. Have you watched it? Uh, I've gone old school this week. I've, I've been authentic to me, Brad. I, I haven't watched it. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> of course, yes. Well, you're in for a treat, Adam. And um, for obviously for our listeners out there, we will be discussing the, the film uh, in depth at various points. And so we obviously come with the caveat of a spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the film, I suggest that you do watch it because it is a wonderful movie. I don't think there's anything wildly um, surprise-heavy that, that happens but once again if you want to watch the film from fresh please do go watch it before listening to this podcast now um so so rosie let's let's start by talking about mentoring if if someone's had if someone said to you okay i've i've just come, I've, I've never heard of mentoring before i've just come from another planet please can you tell me in a few sentences what mentoring actually is how would you describe it um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I think the first thing to say is that uh, mentoring is not new. It's been around for, for thousands and thousands of years in some shape or form or other. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you think, go back to, to, say, the ancient Greeks, um, Socrates mentored Plato, Plato men mentored Aristotle. So it's been around for a long time. And I, and I think if I was to describe it, I would say it's a, it's, it's a, a kind of a system of semi-structured guidance where one person 
shares their knowledge, their expertise, their skills to help others to progress in their own lives. And that be, could be progressing in their lives professionally or it could be personally. Mm. I think that, that sort of uh, would, would be my, and, and I think semi-structured, the word semi-structured is, is really important. Okay, so when you say semi-structured, what, what do you mean by that? What, what would you ascertain? Well, if you, if you think about, because um, often people will, will put mentoring and coaching in the same bag. Mm. And I guess sometimes as a mentor, of course, coaching is part of what we do. Um, but there's a lot of other things as well. Um, mentoring could go on for a long, long time. Uh, whereas coaching tends to be, have a definitive time scale. There tends to be tend to be structured sessions that you might have with your coachee. Um, whereas mentoring is, uh, you know, one of the one of the most important um, parts of of being a mentor is being there when you're needed. Um, and that's certainly something that 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 comes out of the film where um, Juan is is there when it matters. Um, uh, so, you know, you can't then just say, well, actually, I can't talk to you because we don't have our structured session till next week at uh, 10 o'clock on a Monday. Um, it, it, you've got to respond. You've got to be there and, and have the time available to uh, to spend time with your, your mentee when they need it. This is a, a weird word for me to throw in, but, but I often think about companionship as well. For me, a mentor is a companion because you're, you're kind of tackling life together, actually, sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you haven't there isn't a planned structure to what how our life's going to unfold and we we, yeah. we don't know the questions we're going to be answering at any given time but you're kind of facing it together and, and likewise the mentor hasn't got a preset answer to a problem they're there to kind of work through things almost with you yeah um, exactly and I think it's interesting actually um uh Simon Sinek uh compares being a mentor um and, and having a mentor a mentee relationship to a friendship and, um, and he said, it's not just a case of, of uh, saying to someone who you don't know, well, please, would you be my mentor? Like you might say, please, would you be my friend? Um, because you've got to know that that person is right for you and you, you, know, you, you, you respect them, you trust them, um, you feel safe with them. Um, and, it, and it is a two-way road. Um, and, and Simon Sinek uh, sort of famously said that uh, he, was, he was being mentored by, by an individual. And um, on one occasion, he sort of slapped this guy on the back and said, thank you so much for being my mentor. And the guy um, returned the slap on the back and said to Simon, well, thank you for being mine. And uh, so I think Adam's right. It's that it is very much a two-way street. And we learn, you know, we learn from the people we're mentoring just as they will learn from us. I am, I'm only just starting to, to realise who some of my mentors have been and, and are. And actually, that's taken years to happen. That sounds kind of strange. But uh, I remember when I, when I left um, my previous job, when I was taking the jump to, to work for myself, be freelance, mm -hmm. uh, my manager asked me, who's going to be your mentor? And, and I was a fairly dismissive because that corporate culture is inclined to talk about models and kind of philosophies and it. And, to me, it felt too corporate. Who's your mentor? I don't need a mentor. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, and it's taken me till very recently to realise he is—he's been a mentor, even though I've not spoke to him for, for for many years. Actually, he's kind of influenced my career and my life more than I knew at that time. And it's taken me a long time to recognise it. Um, and as I got to grips with leading a team myself, I'm now realising what he went through and what his experiences were, and what I did or didn't do to help him. Um, and 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 makes me. Uh, appreciate a whole lot more 
the influence of that person, the kind of far-reaching influence, um, and recognise that for, for, for better or worse, I, I, I was offering something back as a mentee. You know, I, I was I was helping him become a better mentor, or, or perhaps giving him challenges as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And I, and I think um, you know, when I was thinking about this subject actually over the weekend, I was thinking, well, we we develop those mentors without even realising it, and we do it. A lot of us will do it from a very young age, and I, I think. The best way to explain that is, um, you know, if you think back to being at school and there were certain subjects you loved and often you loved them and wanted to do well at them because of the teacher who who uh, who taught that subject. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever it was about them in terms of the way they connected with you, um, uh, the, 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 you know, how safe you felt with them, how able to, you know, how you were able to maybe be vulnerable with them. But you, you, they really had a big impact on them, and, and you know, I can still remember two very influential teachers when I was growing up that made it made a huge impact on me. So I think sometimes it happens, and we don't even realise it, and and sometimes not till later, as uh, as Adam was saying, that uh, we 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 recognise there were people who've had a, a you know an influence on us. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mentioned one. Um from the film because I think he's he, his ghost kind of permeates Charon's entire life and 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 we see so he obviously he dies at some point between when he's yeah. when he's the character of little when he's young and when he becomes a teenager and there are moments in the film where there's there's an assimilation between food and the ocean and those mm. two things are key to his relationship with with Juan in the fact that the first time they met he took him out for food he took him back to his house he fed him the next time they met he took him to the beach and taught him to swim and and so those two kind of formative experiences I I feel are indicative of that mentor-mentee relationship in the fact that you you're building uh, touchstones of 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 moments where you're that they will they will figure heavily in who in in your experiences going forward and it and it might not be something as physical or as or as literal as as a specific place or a specific item but i think you will men- remember a moment or a conversation or an exchange of words that echo in your experiences going forward to me, to me i feel like the difference between a coach and a mentor is a coach shows you how to do something and shows you how to do it better a mentor is someone who shows you who you are and shows you how to be a better person. Is that is that too reductive, or would that would you feel that that's in some way truthful? I, I think I think you're right, um, and that and it goes back to the fact that coaching is a structured a structured activity, mm. and there's a there's a very definite reason why someone is being coached. So it might be I might coach someone to become a better presenter. So I know that's the goal. That's where I'm. That that's what I'm heading for. That's what I need to achieve yeah. in the time that I have available and the budget that's available for me to work with that person. Uh, a mentor, um, because it's it, it's it's much um, I think much more wide ranging than than that. So it could be you know giving practical advice and encouragement and support. It could be um, in, increasing social and, and academic confidence all those sorts of things and um, it, it could be providing strategies that that person could could use because they've got maybe a, a particular situation that they they don't know how to handle um, and 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 because of the the longevity often of the relationship um, there's lots of different things that will come into play and lots of different challenges that the mentee may have to to help 
uh, the, the mentor will have to help the um, the mentee with. Mm. So, so I think it, it is. It, I think you're right in, in what you say about the difference between the two. Oh, I don't know that it's that critical to have uh, that definition kind of clearly understood. You don't need no. to know your mentor or a mentee. It, it is an organic relationship. Mm. Mm. And, and that's and that I, I, and that's possibly what makes Moonlight unique is that um, Chiron actually does, like you say, Rosie. He does. He. I mean, you could argue he probably has three mentors throughout the film. He has one. He has Kevin, and he has Teresa. And mm. Teresa kind of picks up the mantle from one once he dies, yeah. um, and Kevin almost gradually becomes all of those people combined by the end of the film. Um, and you've got those moments where Juan's kind of he's he's taking care of Sharon's mind. He's helping him to become a better, uh, become more confident and comfortable with who he is. And they have that really kind of tragic discussion. What's a faggot? A faggot is. word used to make gay people feel bad. Am I a faggot? No. No. You could be gay, but you gotta let nobody call you no faggot. Unless... see the the bullying that's going on in 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 Sharon's life yeah and that there's that real focus on that and then that's picked up later on where he he's he's a teenager and he sits at Teresa's house and she's trying to talk to him and she says to him hey look at me remember what I said in this house we only have love and pride and so she's trying to once again make him feel more confident in who, who he is. Whereas Kevin almost takes care of the physicality, the body. He helps, yeah, you know, yeah. with the strength, pick up, you know, stand up for yourself, and and all those different things. And then, and and he kind of often. It's weird because I was trying to watch it in and more objectively, and I noticed that a lot of the interactions that. Uh, Charon has with Juan precede the experiences he has with his mother. So he goes to Juan, Juan builds him up, he goes to his mother, his mother tears him back down again. And then Kevin's exchanges often show up after a physical altercation with like Terrell and the other bullies. So he'll yes. he'll be bullied and then he'll get Terrell, uh, Kevin will come along and say, let, let, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and teach you more physically. So I think that also shows that with that mentoring and, and like you said, it, it's not structured. It doesn't come at specific places. But I think often if we know we have a mentor or we realize we have a mentor, we can yeah. gravitate towards them at certain points. And then maybe to, to the to the earlier point about not knowing whether you're a mentor or a mentee at any given point, there's that moment where just, you know, the last exchange that, that Sharon has with Juan is where he makes him face the reality that he's a drug dealer. 
and that mm. he's contributing to the issues that are driving Charon's own life. He he's the yeah. person that is yeah. selling crack and inadvertently is selling crack to Sharon's mum. So he, yeah. he has to face that truth about himself. And then Kevin has that moment where, you know, he comes across as an independent spirit, but he's still beholden to the demands and social pressures of being in high school. And so when Terrell basically almost says to him, I'm going to get you to punch someone today and you're going to do it, right? And so in an effort to save his own skin, Kevin ends up having Sharon picked out and he has to hit him. And he yeah. says that thing of like, stay down, stay down. And, and that both those moments are Sharon inadvertently sh holding a mirror up to his mentors and, and, and yeah. showing them their own weaknesses and, and areas that they can, can build. And so I do think you're right, Adam. I do think that mentor-mentee relationship is quite fluid. Yeah. Well, I think, I think you know, there's, there's, um, there's two things there that are so important in a, in a good uh, mentoring relationship, and that is um, uh, mutual uh, trust mm. and mutual respect of mm. each other. Brad, yeah. Without wishing to make it all about me, which I'm certainly not. <laughs> Rosie, how do we deal with egotistical people? No, I'm just going to carry on. Go on, Ed, go on. But no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to Rosie and, and agree wholeheartedly, but, uh, and I'm, I'm reflecting on my own experiences and, and, and seeing a kind of fatal flaw that I made in, in, in being quite dismissive when I, it was a really fair question. I was asked, who's going to be your mentor? And I, and I wasn't in a place to kind of understand the need for one. Um, but I'm wondering if we should discuss the kind of the value, as it were, and why why it's okay to kind of aspire to find a mentor and and and, and want to have one, because uh, I know I probably was was very pessimistic about about needing a mentor, and I think that in in retrospect, what what could I have achieved with someone actually who could have been that kind of guiding light almost or that 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 supportive kind of shoulder to lean on. Mm. Uh, so I just wonder if we should discuss the yeah, kind so of the value to the individual. Yeah, so I guess maybe the, the, the wider point here is what happens if you're in an organization where you don't have a mentor readily available on staff or you don't you maybe you work on your own or you only work with a couple of you and it's quite hard to to mentor each other in such a small environment because sometimes I feel like part of being a mentor or having a mentor is having someone with a different perspective. Somebody's going to be able yeah. to, you know, like you said, Rosie, it's not always about providing answers. Sometimes it's just about listening. And actually yeah. helping someone work through something on their own, but is that you know what would what what would be the ideal situation of you know I've, I work on my own, I'm in a small or I'm in a small company, I need an, a mentor, but how do I source a mentor? Where does that come from? What would your kind of thoughts around that be? Well, I, well, I think again that comes back to this point that it's people that you meet who you 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 have a. An, you know, a connection with that you find that you like, that you find they're easy to communicate with, you connect with them. And um, so I guess the more, the more you network, the more, the more people you meet, the more likely you are to, to, um, uh, you know, to, 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 to find that, that individual. Mm. And, and I think your point about having a different perspective, perspective is really, really important. And, uh, you know, because that's, that's actually, that, that, there's nothing better than how, than someone who's looking at things through a different lens. Mm. And sometimes, if they're too close to you in terms of say within the same organisation, then maybe that 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 doesn't happen. Or then maybe they, you know, maybe they you have issues with people that you you want help with, and maybe they know those people, so mm. therefore it makes it difficult, and so on. Um, but I, 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 but I think it's uh, it, it's interesting how um, 
you know, um, say Juan, obviously he's not, he's not uh, uh, Sharon's father, mm. but, um, and he, he hasn't got that father figure in his, his life or that, that parent in his life that's sort of secure and, and, and so forth. Yeah. Um, and I think often, if you think about, um, if you think about people when they're growing up, they'll often think the last people they'll think of as a mentor are maybe their parents because their parents don't know anything mm. in their eyes. You know, they, they, they're just, they're just painful sometimes because they yeah. get in the way of them wanting to do stuff. And, um, I certainly with my own two kids who are both now grown up, um, my two boys, they've both had significant mentors in their life. And I'm so glad that they have mm. because actually it's helped them navigate those, those tricky years, you know, from sort of late teens into, into their twenties, um, when you're making big decisions about what you want to do with your life and so forth. Um, so, you know, to go back to your, your first question, uh, your question about how, how do you get one? I think you've just got to, you've got to network. You've got to spread your, spread your wings. I think I met, uh, I met somebody who I, who I mentor, um, at a conference and I just happened to, to strike up conversation with this person. We really got on together. I really like them. They like me. And, um, you know, I still act as a very informal mentor to them. Mm. And that's a, that's a few, that's a few years ago. So is there, um, is there a moment when you realize, oh, I've become a mentor or, oh, it's actually someone's mentoring me. Is there a light bulb moment or do you think it's more, more of those conscious decisions to ask questions and seek advice? Is that what drives it? What, what, what would, what would you say is the kind of, I think, I think, if, yeah, if, if somebody, if somebody, um, uh, who I knew and was, was, um, w- was wanting to spend time with me, they were doing things like they were ringing me up. They were asking me lots of questions cause they wanted, you know, support, help, guidance. Mm. Then I'd be thinking, um, okay, this, 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 this is becoming uh, more of a, a mentor relationship. And, um, uh, you know, because obviously the question, you, you get asked a lot of questions because that's, that's you know, they're, they're kind of seeking that, um, that help and that guidance mm, and that support mm. from you. Um, and when that starts to happen, I think that's, that's probably the time when you say, well, this is, this is the, 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 the kind of the, the style of this relationship is changing slightly into a mentor. And I've had, I've had that happen. I've had it happen with friends. I've had it happen within a, you know, professional capacity, um, as well as the more structured time where you are, you do formally become the mentor. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, um, it's, it's, it's not a case of just saying, oh, you know, will you be my mentor? Yeah. Um, and then you wear a sticker on your shirt that says yeah. mentor. <laughs> yeah, mentor. I, I, think could, be your, I could be your mentor. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that happens is you, you, when, when you start to sense uh, or develop a sense of responsibility is when you realise, for me, when, when I felt responsible for the way someone was acting, I realised that I was having an influence on them. I was mentoring them and I didn't even know I'd been mentoring them and it, and it was incumbent on me to, to kind of put their needs. Yeah. First, and think a little bit more about not the advice I was given as, as, as it would suit me, but how it would suit them. Yeah, uh, that's absolutely. That's a moment where it dawns on you. Yeah, I think I think the um, uh, a little, uh, you know, a part, an important part of uh, of mentoring is is that whole role modelling thing. You know, I want to be like you. Mm. Okay, they don't necessarily want to be exactly like you, but they want to have some of what you have. And what you're, and how you know how you're doing things. So it could be, you know, your expertise. So you know, for you, Adam, it, you know, the people that 
maybe look to you as a mentor or they want to they want to try and glean their expertise and, and, and learn from you because of that. Um, and and you, you're the, very much the role model. So there is that responsibility about um, about, you know, fulfilling that uh, that, um, that 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 role model capability. And it's interesting that point about responsibilities because uh, to bring it back to Moonlight again, there's there 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 is a tragic um, reality in the sense that when Sharon, as a teenager, gets to the end of his narrative of that part of the story, two things have built up in his mind. So he's had those formative experiences with one, and mm. he's learned a lot of wonderful things from him. But he's also seen somebody who who carries a lot of their strength a lot of their passion, a lot of their confidence from who they are as an individual, namely uh, a, a drug peddler. And then he has those moments with Kevin where Kevin has a lot of the bravado, uh, a lot of kind of sexually aggressive talk, the the physicality, the, the beating up, the fighting, even to the point where he gives him the nickname of Black that Sharon kind of dismisses and, and challenges a lot in in that kind of middle period of his life and then they they have that moment on the beach and then the next day he gets beaten up by kevin and we jump forward now to his his mid-20s and now yeah. he's driving around with that same crown on his dashboard almost a carbon copy of of juan in terms of the look and the the dress uh he's mm -hmm. he's taken the moniker of black as his new name and 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 so he's taken all of the negative influences of his role models yes. on, onto himself because they fouled him at the last moment and and i think that that is probably one of the scarier things as a mentor is if you're giving bad advice or you're not practicing what you're preaching or yeah. they're going to maybe pick up on the wrong cues it's almost like being a parent in a way and so mm. i wonder whether understanding the transparency and actually realizing that you are not just there to give advice or cheerlead someone you're actually there to protect and support them and to mm. take that responsibility like you said earlier on Rosie if you can't take that responsibility on you shouldn't mentor but at the same time I guess if someone's kind of keep coming up to you and asking you advice um, yeah. may, maybe they're, they're teaching you something about yourself there and that you have some qualities that are admirable and you have some qualities that can be of value to someone else but you also need to be mindful of which of those qualities you're sharing with somebody or I the guess thing is that, that what happens is like you just said you, you perhaps shouldn't mentor if you're that person but but the likelihood is you are mentoring without even realizing it yeah there is potentially someone who is looking to you taking something from you with whether you realize it or not so you yeah. are kind of irrespective of whether you choose to and I think that's the big thing is to you know is there a way of um, and maybe this isn't a question that we necessarily have an answer for but is there a way or, or a methodology to follow where oh, I realize I'm, I'm now in the role of mentor I need to make some changes or I need to be careful do you dress with that person and say to them hey look I've noticed that we you know we've got quite a nice relationship here I know that you're taking a lot of advice or excuse me but there's some things I'm doing that maybe you know, I, even I don't think are necessarily that great or you shouldn't. Do we address that or do we just, is there an intimation of, oh, well, I'll, I'll just try and be the best person I can and that hopefully they'll forget those other things. That, what what would or should we do if we find ourselves in that position and we realise there are things about ourselves that we wouldn't want someone else to emulate? Yeah, I, I think though, you know, at the end of the day, we're human and mm. um, and, and people do make mistakes. Yeah. Um, 
the smart people learn from those mistakes <laughs> and don't make them anymore. Yeah. But they, but but in my experience of 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 being, you know, of, of if I think about people who I would regard as as, as mentors to me, mm. um, one of the the things that I actually like is when someone says, you know, I didn't I didn't go about that in the right in, in necessarily the right way. I could have done that differently. Yeah. Um, I made a I made a mistake here. I think that kind of, having that kind of humility mm. is um, is is very powerful, and I think makes a connection stronger in any kind of relationship, whether it you know be a mentee relationship or mentor relationship or any other. Um, but somebody who who is prepared to you know l- look at how they do things and think you know, I messed up. I didn't, I didn't do what I should have done there. I, I was wrong. Yeah. Um, and has got the courage to say that. I, I think, but, but the, the important thing is you learn from it. You, you, you know, right next time I'm going to make sure I don't make that mistake again. Yeah. You know, that was one of the greatest experiences for me with a mentor was when they showed their humanity and they yeah. were able to say, I've messed up and give me examples from their life. And suddenly they were, they were not a mentor or a coach anymore. They were a friend. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, and I think that's a very important part of the, of the whole relationship as again, with any relationship is that openness, being able to, 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 you know, declare your vulnerability um, is, 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 is very powerful, um, you know, because we're not, nobody's perfect. We all, yeah. we all make mistakes. So, We've said that obviously that mentoring is an informal thing. It's not something that we necessarily have to seek out, but if we do need to seek it out, there are ways to kind of go about trying to ingratiate ourselves to individuals that we, we maybe respect or want to learn more about. Yeah. If, if, if those things aren't available to us or if we don't feel confident enough to do those things, are there more formal ways to engage a mentoring scheme or to be part of a mentoring scheme? Or are there more structured ways that we can set those things out before it becomes, before it falls into coaching? Or, or is it very much, it has to be very organic and very fluid? Well, there's, you know, there's not many people, if you ask them, you know, would you help me? Mm. Would, are going to turn around and say, no, no, I can't. <laughs> you know, very unusual person to, to, to do that. But I think, you know, there, there are those situations, and I've certainly had lots with, um, you know, tr- especially traveling, sitting on a plane, sitting next to someone, mm. and, and I get, get to finish that, that plane journey. I think, my goodness, I've, I've just sort of learned so much from that person. And I may have taught them about something random. It might have been a challenge in my life, but I've actually, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've actually come away with some, gosh, you've really helped me just uh, – you know, so so I think um, those kind of very very sort of ad hoc situations, and although it's not going to be a long term um, a long term relationship, it, it still can be very useful in terms of uh, providing uh, you know help and and support for a, an immediate need. Definitely. So then, if we had to, it's a shame we we have to kind of close our conversation up now. We you know time's running out, and, and it's been wonderful talking to you, Rosie. You're a font of knowledge. Um, and so if you had to quantify in terms of people saying, if I'm thinking about, I need a mentor in my life, or I'd like to mentor somebody, what we're saying here is just be open, be honest, be a friend. Is there anything else that you would add to that? Um, well, I think you, I go back to that, that, that having that passion Mm -hmm. to see, uh, people learn, grow, develop. You've got to have that passion because 
it's uh, you know I I I I don't work as a, a mentor with a lot of the people I work uh, as a mentor with mm. um, for financial gain. It's because I I actually um, you know get get a real buzz out of seeing people grow. Um, so you've got to have that. That's essential. Okay. Now, if you don't mind, if you if you'd permit me, I'd like to engage my more pretentious side and and give you my um, my reflections on what I think the ending of Moonlight actually means. And then oh. Rosie, I'd be quite keen to hear your reflections on it as well. Oh, sure. Um, and so I felt that in the last kind of twenty minutes of the film or so, there's a spiral where. Um, um, Sharon kind of revisits all of the issues in his life so he visits his mum and he almost forgives her and that reflects the conversation that he had with Juan very early on where he said I used to hate my mum and then I learned to love her and then he goes and then he goes to the restaurant where he meets up with Kevin as an older gentleman who cooks for him which is reminiscent of his first exchange with Juan where he fed yeah. him then um, he goes back to Kevin's apartment, which is by the ocean, which is reminiscent of the time Juan taught him to swim and the first exchange, that was the first kind of open sexual exchange that he had with Kevin that maybe led him to understand a little bit more about his identity. And then he goes into the apartment. They have, they have that conversation. And then the, the closing image of the film is of, of, of the young one, the, the uh, young Chiron, the, the little Monica Chiron, standing on the, by the ocean, looking out at the water with that moonlight on, him, on his skin. And he turns and looks at the camera. And to me, that felt like he was regressing to a state of development again. And that there were maybe two or three times where he's, he started to develop as an individual, started to understand who he was and feel confident and comfortable in his own skin. And that stopped the moment that Kevin hit him in the playground. And that when, and that when he got back to that final moment in Kevin's apartment, it was almost picking up from that point and, and reflecting back to that conversation that Juan had had with him about when he grew up in um, Cuba and that lady had said to him about, you may look diff you may look certain way on the outside, but when the moonlight hits you, I can see someone else and I can see your true form, which is why I'm going to call you blue. And that was, that was just, you know, mm. and so for me, I felt like the end of that story wasn't a happy ending. It wasn't a mm. final ending, but it was a hopeful ending in the sense of now, hopefully, Sharon can carry on his journey to self-discovery and learning more about himself and becoming a more comfortable and confident person. But that was that was kind of my view of the movie in line with thinking about mentoring. But Rosie, I'd love it, you know, if you wouldn't mind, if it's okay, I've, I've just sprung this on you, but I'd love to hear your thoughts and feelings around the end of the movie. Yeah, well, well obviously the end is open to interpretation, all mm, sorts of interpretation. Of course. Um, and I guess, what, what did I feel about it? Well, I mean, obviously the whole film is that a kind of, you know, that journey from the from the neglected childhood through angry adolescence, and then finally to to some kind some kind of self realization and fulfilment mm. um, in um, you know in his adulthood. But I, I guess you, you know we never stop. We, we're always developing, aren't we, as mm. people? Um, and I think that, that I think you're right in that in how you see the end in that it's you know it's a, it's a it's a more hopeful place. But he's going to carry on through his life having those those challenges as as we all do yeah. and and, uh, and 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 so forth. And 
you know, picking up on what we've been talking about with regard to to, to a mentor, um, I think through different stages in our lives, um, different mentors can be applicable um, because we we never stay the same. We 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 change continually. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so yeah, my 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 feeling about the end is that I would agree with you. It is hopeful, but I think there's going to be there's quite a journey in front of him. Yeah. And um, so uh, so yeah. Maybe, 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 maybe a sequel called Daylight. Maybe. Daylight. <laughs> I just about to say that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, incredible. But but you know the the other thing about. Um, being a mentor is you can go into any well you can't go into a bookshop at the moment of course but um uh you can say look online and there's innumerable self-help help books for you know to help you be a better person be a better business person and 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 so forth but um i don't think anything takes the place of that uh human relationship that you can have which can help you to be um you know to learn and and to have that person who's there when it matters who says the right thing at the right time and um and provides you with that 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 ear um and 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 can give you the advice and so forth that that, that you need you know very few books will help help they will do some of it but there's nothing takes place of that human contact definitely and that's where the, the mentor is so powerful yeah no 100 percent, and I, I completely agree and i think Let's be vigilant for opportunities to be mentored and let's be vigilant for opportunities to mentor others and don't be scared and and just be yourself and be honest and be practical and listen and ask questions. And I think those are some of the biggest takeaways from me, at least, from this conversation. And it's made me realize, Rosie, that you're a mentor to me. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because you're my boss I'm saying it because you know I think you know there are times when I've seen in your behaviors things that I've felt very admirable and uh, and so thank you for that um, in, in that case Brad I'm super excited to hear how you're going to score this on, on the Brad Williams five-star rating system what are you going to give uh, Moonlight I'm going to give it a five I'm just going to just go straight yeah. with a five yeah um, I just I just I just think it's an amazing film absolutely love it uh, and I mean you've just spent 40 minutes telling me what you thought of the film and it's clear, <laughs> clear that you adore this film Brad absolutely I do I feel like we've as well that that film uh, had a, a almost non-existent budget a couple of million dollars yeah. Yeah. Absolutely no budget whatsoever in, in, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, um, shot in about 25 days from what I'm reading. So it's yeah. an incredible piece of work. A lot of uh, love and energy poured into it. And, and it's doing doing some good in the world. Yeah. yeah. It might, it's not a film you would put on continually and watch four or five times in a year. But I think once a year, twice a year is enough sustenance to, like a bear, eat it and then go into hibernation and just enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy the nourishment. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was that's yeah five stars for me. Amazing. Fun fact about Rosie for all of anyone listening: um, Rosie is a professional actor and and has a, a rich history of stage acting. And uh, did you do any any kind of film or TV, Rosie? Or was it mostly stage? No, I did. I did the odd little TV commercial, which paid the rent. So Anything we good. can look up on YouTube? 
No, no, no. no. I'll, I'll find out no. and let everyone know. No. No. <laughs> if we need her, then she could be our emergency contact if Definitely. we need somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. yes. <laughs> I'm open to bar mitzvahs, weddings. You know. <laughs> the wedding singer. <laughs> the wedding singer. Yeah. Had to empty. Had to empty a room in five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you so much, both, and uh, thank you all for no, listening. No, not at all. And, uh, and we'll yeah. see you again next week. Thank you all. Yep. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye.